Seltzer Kings Podcasts. Hey, are you into werewolves, mad sciences, and a little bit of witchcraft? Then stay tuned for an all-new episode of Watch Corner. We're riding this train straight into the sun. Woo! Tune in to a classic episode of Watts Corner on the Seltzer Kings Network. Available on all podcast platforms. The following podcast contains... Well, excuse my French, Mrs. Marsh. Explicit language. Hello and welcome to the podcast that asks a simple question. When you gave the Nobel to Bob Dylan, what the hell were you thinking? No, I'm just kidding. We gotta talk about the stupid election. I'm your host, Dave Bledsoe, and this is a Friday, October 14th, 2016, Burn One Down For Me edition of the show, where we go on and on about the shitter fire that is the Republican Party right now. Hold your nose and stay tuned. The What the Hell Were You Thinking podcast is brought to you this week by Lonnie's Life Preservers. Are you going down fast and far out to sea? Are you adrift, hopeless, shark circling while an orange anthropomorphic chum bucket is pouring out all around you? Reach for a Lonnie's Life Preserver. Our patented Everfloat technology will keep your head above water even when your ass is going down. Try our Swing State Survival Suit, full protection against all the water and weather, complete with GPS locator beacon. In calmer seas, our Red State Ring is both affordable and a sincere flotation solution. When your ship is going down and there's no land in sight, Lonnie's Life Preservers will keep you afloat. Lonnie's is not a retrieval service. You will probably still die or lose the election, awaiting rescue. Terms and conditions for apply. See your GOP chairman for details. What's going on? Where the hell are we? Paris? Thank you for pressing the self-destruct button. This ship will self-destruct in exactly two minutes and 45 seconds. You've got to stop it. Is there any way to stop it? I can't. It's irreversible. Like my raincoat. Attention. This is Colonel Sanders in forward command. Abandon. Sanders, you got to help me. I don't know what to do. I can't make decisions. I'm a president. This is your two-minute warning. This ship will self-destruct in exactly two minutes. Hey, get out of there. Where do you think you're going? Pizza to go. But who are you? I'm the bearded lady. But are you one of the freaks? <laughs> Come back, you fat bearded bitch! One pot left. And three of us. And I'm the president. Well, boys, it's a very lovely ship. I think you should go down with it. Goodbye! This week, we've been privileged to watch a defining moment in American history play out right before our very eyes. Someday we will look back on this moment and tell our grandchildren we were there when the party that propagated an ideology of class warfare and overt racism, of misogyny, finally burned down, fell over, and sank into the swamp. Our adorable, multiracial, secular socialist children will look up to us with their shining eyes and say to us, Shut up, Grandpa, I'm trying to score with this hot chick on Mars via the hyperlight link. Then we'll be plugged back into our VR cocoon to watch reruns of The Apprentice, Ivanka edition. As the toxic fallout of the Trump tapes continues to settle over the sullen coals of the 2016 election, the Republican Party faced its toughest choice since that time they had Eisenhower accidentally reveal their plans for the creation of the military-industrial complex. What do I think? I think kill it. Oh, let's be nice to him. Oh, shut up. Only this time the choice was to continue to support their nominee whose sinking polls threaten their majorities in Congress, or give up on him and have his supporters refuse to vote for them, threatening their majorities in Congress. All the while, the Democrats are seeking medical help for erections lasting longer than four hours. Speaker of the House Paul 
I'm not your bitch to order around. Ryan held a conference call with House members on Monday where he made the not at all craven and pathetic decision to, quote, no longer defend Donald Trump and concentrate on holding the Congress, unquote. Meaning he was not unendorsing Trump, not saying he wasn't going to vote for him, he just wasn't going to back up the crazy shit he said anymore. Because you have no balls. Senate Majority Leader Mitch... He looks just like a Ken doll. McConnell, in a very unturtle-like move, bolts from the room like a man caught balls deep in his mistress when her husband walks in each time someone utters tra. Seriously, they cannot get the word Trump out. It wouldn't be fair to say the party is abandoning Trump, as this would imply a sense of moral fiber, when instead what they are actually doing is more like sliding away from him, like one does a rich, creepy uncle who can't, you can't afford to offend, and he tries to grab you by the pussy while discussing who he plans on leaving his incredibly massive estate to. Meanwhile, on the campaign trail, the oblivious gas bag masquerading as a human person is not taking the many, many defections with a plum. Ungrateful little bitches, aren't they? Upon learning of the party's disloyalty, Trump did what one does when they're betrayed. They spew vitriol 140 characters at the time. These are actual Trump tweets. Quote, It's so nice that the shackles have been taken off me and I can now fight for America the way I want to. With the exception of cheating Bernie out of the out of the nom, the Dems have always proven to be far more loyal to each other than Republicans. Disloyal R's are far more difficult than crooked Hillary. They will come at you from all sides. They don't know how to win. I will teach them. Unquote. You will not laugh. You will not cry. You will learn by the numbers. I will teach you. Apparently, Donald is very excited. His tiny little schwanz is throbbing at the thought of his behavioral shackles being struck from his normal-sized wrist, freeing his tiny, fickle fingers of rage to be gouged into the eyes of the feckless, faithless cuckold who kept him down. And it worked. In a stunning display of spineless mendacity, a few invertebrates have unendorsed, then re-endorsed, and in some cases, on re-endorse and a display of such duplicitous turpitude that Littlefinger himself is furiously taking notes. I've seen some pathetic displays of political pussydom in my day, but this is the most stunning display of muling self-interest a podcaster could ever hope to rage through. So here's to Senator Deb Fisher of Nebraska, Representative Scott Garrett of New Jersey, Representative Bradley Byrne, and of course, Senator John Thune of South Dakota. When they write the annals of 2016, you will be remembered as the most gutless, pathetic, pants-wetting scumfuckers in an election where scumfucking transcended political science and elevated itself to the full-blown art form of sackless cowardice. You're goddamn right. I just have to say, if by some accident the guiding hand of reason was ever actually upon this frothing little discount Mussolini, what the fuck is he going to do now? He's continually demonstrated the sort of discretion and restraint I associate with a starving dog after an Alpo factory explosion, and at this point in time, he is out of options and time is running out. Anything he does is danger close airstrike, and his pilots were out drinking in the Saigon whorehouse ten minutes before takeoff. Be advised, we've got zips in the wire down here. Uh, 
For the record, it's my call. Dump everything you've got left on my pod. I say again, expend all remaining in my perimeter. It's a lovely fucking war. Bravo 6 out. And I know, I know that the, the, all these sexual assault allegations came out since I initially put the script down, and there's so much there to go over that I can't put it in this podcast, so we're doing a special edition either tomorrow or Sunday, because as much as I would like to talk about it tonight, things are just happening too fast, and I want them to slow down, catch up, so that at least I can give you a hard number of how many women says that he's put the moves on them when they didn't want him to. I mean, Trump bragged earlier in the campaign he could shoot someone on Fifth Avenue and his supporters will stick with him. So let me put it this way. He is so out of options. I am not going anywhere near Fifth Avenue until this election is over. But I'm not here to talk about the quivering, tangerine, pustule of purulence about to be lanced like a boil on the rim of the nation's asshole. Dude, seriously? Too much? Yeah, it's going to get worse. I want to talk tonight about what happens next to the party of Lincoln. I mean, can we even call them that anymore? They're closer to the party of Lando when he betrayed Han and Leia to Darth Vader. You said they'd be left in the city under my supervision. I am altering the deal. Pray I don't alter it any further. Let me give you a realistic view of where they are right now without snark or even alliteration, or at least not much alliteration. As of this recording, there are 24 days until the election. There is no way short of a criminal act to remove Donald Trump from the top of the ticket. It is possible, no, 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 strike that, probable that there are worse videos, worse allegations of behavior awaiting in the wings displaying Trump's true character. Indeed, the number of women coming forward with their own stories of Trump's sexual assault is ticking over like a car odometer on a cross-country trip. It's so bad that I, like I said, I'm going to have to do a special edition just to talk about that. Trump's poll numbers are dropping precipitously. The 538 polls plus the most cautious of all the election trackers shows Trump with a 19% chance of winning the election and the GOP with a 37% chance of holding the Senate. And while they're not tracking the House races, most pundits feel if current polling margins maintain or increase between now and November 8th, there is better than a 50-50 chance the Republicans could lose the House. Bad vibes here. This is bad, man. We're talking a 2008-level tidal wave. This is what is going on through the heads of the GOP party leaders right now. And there is no good way out. As I said earlier, they face two bad choices. Break with Trump and see if there's enough time and money left to hold the House with moderate GOP and swing state voters. Or dump Trump and face the massive defections from the base, all of whom are convinced Trump is the Messiah and going to lead them into the Anglo-Saxon promised land. Okay, and it's not Applebee's and it's not Olive Garden. Please, everyone knows that the Anglo-Saxon promised land is located right inside of... Come on by. There's a rocker on the front porch with your name on it. Cracker Barrel Old Country Store. The dichotomy of all of this is the party is so incredibly strong in the States. Stupid strong. More on this in a moment. They hold 33 state houses, 31 governor's offices, and the majorities in Congress. Historically, a party does not win a third term in the White House. The only time that's been done since Truman was first Bush, and that was nearly 30 years ago. Every historical metric says this election should be a cakewalk, but yet here it is. Godforsaken bloodbath. <laughs> I mean, what the hell happened here? I mean, okay, all right, we obviously know what happened, so I guess the question really is... 
How the hell did this happen? Well, this this happened for one very simple reason. The party is stupid strong. L- let me put aside for the moment the and only for the moment the racial element and demographic gaggle fuck that is making it increasingly difficult for the GOP nationally, and let me instead talk about the unwholesome. And when I say unwholesome, I mean like a dude creeping into a mortuary and engaging in a good old fashioned corpse fucking level of unwholesome. Oh, you sick son of a bitch. Oh, I'm I'm a sick man with no sense of discretion. Plus, I I, I drink a little. No, this unwholesome relationship was with anti-intellectualism. Because back in the 1960s, conservatives noticed that young people, particularly young people who attended institutions of higher learning, which were not just a place where we learned to get high, but also exposed our impressionable minds to all sorts of crazy ideas, such as, I don't know, people are people, so why should it be that you and I should get along so awfully? And it made them less likely to blithely go along with some fundamental conservative principles, like black people aren't so much people as an inconvenience as we we should have probably moved back to Africa when we had the chance. Or that bombing other people back into the Stone Age is not the best way to convince people that democracy is really, really cool. That the natural order of things is for the rich people to have all the money and all the power, and for us poors to meekly accept such largesse as bestowed upon us from the midden heaps of their palatial estates. Thanks to the GI Bill, millions of people could attend college, which was once reserved for the rich, and a lot of these people went to war and didn't think it was such a great idea in general. When it was all over, liberals had taken over higher education, crowding out the traditional rich white guy voices that once dominated academia. And rather than fight the current, the GOP turned to another source of electoral gold, poor and working class white people who once upon a time had voted reliably democratic and then they played on their lack of education their religion and all those good old rural prejudices they fostered a culture that looked upon education particularly education leading to intellectuals as foreign dangerous antithetical to traditional religion and most definitely un-american i mean this is the greatest feeling if you don't love it leave it USA, number one. And I don't want to say that it was easy for them, but as a member of the class and the locale where they did their best work, I can say they didn't exactly break a sweat to pull it off. After all, a lot of these folks believe it was only a matter of time before Stonewall Jackson rode out of redneck Valhalla, threw down the evil Union oppressors. So you know, we're not talking about the Algonquin Roundtable here, folks. Unless you think I'm advocating some kind of dark conspiracy here, the intentional dumbing down of America through specific cuts to educational program enacted by a long series of conservative legislators and local religious fanatics is not a conspiracy. It's right there out in the open for everyone to see. The schools I attended in rural America were at best pretty mediocre in the 1970s, And that was in the heyday of the progressive educational era, where well-meaning hippies moved to rural Appalachia and the Great Plains to teach for a few years before getting the fuck out of there of those one-horse towns for a place with a decent Chinese takeout. And it didn't take much to take those not-very-good schools to high-efficiency moron factories, where you can tell the people the Earth is 6,000 years old, and dinosaur bones are the devil trying to trick us, and they'll believe you. That's what Jesus said. Look, 
I'm not special. My IQ is not the highest. I didn't attend Wharton with middling to poor GPAs. I'm not a genius with all the best words. If you are a regular listener to this podcast, you know most of my words are actually four-letter words, and my metaphors are usually lifted directly from a Mel rant during an episode of Alice. Yeah? Well, the best defense is a good offense. You know who said that? Mel, the cook on Alice. That I'm not sitting in some rundown trailer or clapboard shack in some shithole holler in southeast Tennessee with a generic beer in one hand and a heroin needle in the other while watching my four bastards rummage through my D&D books to find one worth weed money is not because I'm smarter or better than anyone who stayed behind. It's because I got the fuck out of there. If my folks had not dragged me kicking and screaming off my granny's porch in 1981 and then out in the world, I would be wearing a make a great America make America great again hat right now and complaining about these damn beaners stealing my legacy as a poor white man all the while never realizing my legacy is apparently the heroin needle and four bastard kids and the bitter irony of all this is truly my parents resent the fuck out of me for not going back there when the secret is here never go back and it's not just the poverty that keeps poor white people down it's our own stubborn resistance to changing as the world changes look at our history and see over and over that when the world lurched forward there was a poor white man standing back there somewhere whining like a little fuck that it wasn't fair our heads aren't in the sand They're lodged firmly up our asses and we're whistling Dixie into the echo chamber of a way of life that died over a century ago and that is never, ever coming back. Take it easy, Dave. Deep breath. The other thing conservatives noticed is that the press had this incredibly annoying tendency to tell people the things conservatives were doing designed to fuck over poor people. This was an unconscionable travesty. Again, the press, what we would now call the media, was filled with these thinking people. So it was kind of hard to get them to stop doing all that truth-telling, particularly in light of the president being caught doing some really shady shit and being forced to resign and all. So they committed a two-pronged approach to fix the problem. First was buying up as many of the newspapers and televisions as they could get their grubby little dick beaters on. Back in 1971, a fellow by the name of Lewis Powell wrote a memorandum about the problem, and he laid out a solution that is pretty stark in its conclusions. And I'm just summarizing these these conclusions, but basically he said... We have all the money, why don't we just buy all the media? Yes, it's the perfect solution. He didn't say those exact words, but if you dig down into what he wrote, that's what he meant. Oh, oh, but by the way, this guy, a a year after he wrote the memo, was appointed by Richard Nixon, of all people, to the Supreme Court. Quite a coincidence. By the time they were done, corporations owned all the TV networks, most of the major newspapers, and then they went around and bought up the smaller ones and brought them under their corporate umbrella. Hello, Gannett. These networks that were not bought out acquired other entities and became major corporations in their own right until today you have six corporate entities that own 90% of the media. GE, General Electric, thank you, 30 Rock, News Corp, Rupert Murdoch, Disney, Viacom, 
Time Warner of the shittiest cable service in the universe, and of course, CBS. Lucky for you, Fast Eddie's podcast podcast network is still here to bring you the truth. What? What is that guy? Fast Eddie just sold the podcast hut network for wait what? We're not even allowed to finish the show. Hello and welcome to the podcast that asks a simple question. When you decided to vote for Hillary, what the hell were you thinking? I'm your host, Dave Bledsoe, and this is a Friday, October 14th, 2016, Hillary is the Devil edition of the show, where we talk about how bad Hillary Clinton is for America. Stay tuned. I trust I've made my point about the corporate dominance of the media in America. This culminated 20 years ago in the most perfect stupid machine mankind has ever invented. An idea so brilliant in its conception and form, and it would both generate vast amounts of money at little to no cost and turn vast swaths of America into gibbering idiots. New report. The stories impacting America and global issues shaping our world. United States. New report. Without an agenda. Without the spin. Without the bias. Held hostage. We report. All sides on all the issues. A sex offender. And the topics the mainstream media's afraid to tackle. Only one network delivers fair, balanced, and accurate reporting. So you can make a choice. Fox News Channel. We report. You decide. When you add Fox News to the already fetid swamp of right-wing radio and the lowered educational standards, the predisposition of a large number of Americans to believe in invisible men in the sky telling what is good and moral, you create a feedback loop of imbecility of epic proportions. Power that loop with coded racism, subtle or not-so-subtle misogyny, Hi, Roger. And then pour an outright fear-mongering post-9-11 world and you create a barely controlled rage monster that is utterly uncoupled from reality and salivating, salivating to lock onto the most ludicrous bullshit without the need of confirmation or even sanity. In short, you've created the Trump wing of the Republican Party. They don't have control? Did we miss a step here? Yeah, you might have missed one or two along the way. The Republicans didn't create the culture of stupidity, but they sure as hell exacerbated and exploited the one that already existed. Because America has a long history of being morons. I mean, if we had a brain in our head, we would have insisted Spain keep Florida for a decent colony to be named later. We are the home of Jim Crow, the Scopes Monkey Trial, the 2003 invasion of Iraq, and the motherfucking Double Down Sandwich. It cannot be a sandwich if it isn't on bread but putting idiots into a political echo chamber and turning the volume all the way to 11 is perhaps the dumbest thing we've ever done and this is coming from a nation where people had pet rocks what does it do it doesn't do anything it's a fucking rock A better man than I might have sympathy for the GOP, who right now honestly resemble Wild E. Coyote plummeting down the canyon with a tiny little sign in their hands, reading only a plaintive help. 
I am not that man. Also, I don't have sympathy for a man who pours gasoline on his crotch while smoking a cigarette. They crafted a shit golem with cold, cynical manipulation, and now it's tearing through their tasteful homes, leaving a trail of orange feces behind it. If they are Hulk smashed by this election and spend the next 40 election cycles trying to rebuild their discredited brand, I will giggle myself into an early grave watching that happen. Trump is the end result of every self-serving move you've made since the passage of the Civil Rights Act in 1964. If he walks up to each and every white-haired male Republican and grabs them by the dicks and twists them into a incredibly complex bow knot and you fall down in a kind of agony embarrassment, you will deserve it and everyone should enjoy watching watching that happen but the problem is that shit golem isn't going to stop at the walls of the gop it's going to lumber out into the world and drop their idiot turds all over right what i thought was a nice country and a very nice man a competent man we elected in 2008 is looking at all this and going shit i just cleaned this mess up your little monstrosity is drunk on its own power and filled with misplaced anger on people that had jack and shit to do with them being in the situation they are now. They are going to attack you, to be sure, and when they're done, they're coming after the rest of us. If, just if, you hadn't made them immune to reason, to common sense, stoked their brains with conspiracy theory bullshit, and crafted a fear of expertise so illogical it makes a Vulcan projectile vomit, we might be able to stop them. And I'm not talking about Donald J. Trump. I'm talking about the faithful, the Trump evangelicals, who will not go gently into that good night, but they will just set shit on fire because they can't have it. And that shit they will burn is our electoral system. These people, without a reasonable check on their id, they are <laughs> just unfettered by what you and I, dear listener, might consider an active intellect. It's not so much that they are stupid, though God knows many of them really, really are, but they are uneducated as to how reality works. They never had to live there. I mean, it would be like dropping me in a Mormon fundamentalist compound out in the middle of the Nevada desert. We may speak the same language, but that's it as far as it goes for common ground. I am going to end up being burnt at the stake for blasphemy in about eight minutes. Well, these folks are being dropped into a world where the reality of losing an election because people think their ideas and by proxy they are terrible, in a word, deplorable, has never occurred to them. They are just. They are righteous. The Lord sent an orange man with a bad weave to lead them. And if they do not win his will, the Lord is not done. Only in this case, it is not the interloper who is burnt. It's everything the interloper stands for. His government, his media, his economy. I am not saying they are literally going to rebel like 1860. Not saying they won't, but their adamant refusal to accept the reality of Trump will losing will mire us in conflict and discord through the foreseeable future. It was hard enough to get anything done. 
before, but now it will be impossible. You could not pay me to step foot in Trump country come Thanksgiving when this election is over. I mean, my mother was threatening to shoot me before the election. When he loses, I would need to sleep in a vest. The Republican Party has two realistic choices after this election, regardless of the outcome about Congress. Which, for the record, I figure we get the Senate back and we'll probably narrow the margin but not take out the House. I mean, if you doubt me, read the article in Vox about some losers we put up in congressional districts around the country. Some of these yahoos make Christine O'Donnell seem qualified. I'm not a witch. I'm nothing you've heard. I'm you. The wreckage of 2016 requires real introspection by thoughtful people. Unfortunately, that will probably not happen because what will happen is they will step over the corpses of their fallen comrades, stare resolutely into the horizon, and forget this shit like Reagan forgot things during his last year in office. Good God, Perry, at a certain point you're just beating up an old man. But the Republicans are going to go on like this never happened. It's going to bite them in the ass. Because in a best-case scenario, the Trump evangelicals like their revenge, best serve cold, and then put up a whole slate of Trumps come the midterms. And the worst-case scenario in this situation is rednecks burn down Paul Ryan's house. Oh, I guess the Republicans could accept the electoral ass whipping they're about to receive and make changes to the way they do business, knock it off with the race baiting, race baiting, the social anxiety stoking, tell their candidates to run on issues instead of insanity, you know, not act like Republicans. I'm sure this is what sexy man Ryan will say when the smoke clears of his former home, but come on. Yeah, that's not going to happen. They can't do that. They don't even know how. My long-term prediction is this is the end of the Republican Party. It will split with the establishment going to the Libertarian Party and elevating that party to prominence and the rump becoming a right-wing nationalist regional party catering to the racists, the bigots, howling on the fringes of society. Murdoch will power down the Fox News stupid machine. I think we're already seeing that as his boy's clean house of the ales taint. I can only assume this involves burning pretty much everything in the building because we all know where that man has been. Breitbart will become the voice of the derp generation, along with Alex Jones, who will peddle increasingly unhinged theories to increasingly unhinged people until they die from too much fried food and Oxycontin in 10 or 15 years. The last of the idiot gene will burn out as Latinos displace poor whites across traditionally Republican strongholds in the South. By the time the last of the Trump evangelicals finally sit on that golden toilet in the sky, the grand old party will either cease to exist as except as a warning to future generations, or it'll be known as the little libertarian party. And that's what happens when you create monsters, because eventually they do turn on you. Or, you know, we'll, we'll have a civil war come January 2017. I, I, it could go either way. The- it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy 
happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. That is it for our show this week. We want to remind all six of our listeners we are retooling this podcast after the election. Daddy is going to take a couple of weeks off to recharge the batteries, and we're going to be leaving Gavin in charge of the show. <laughs> oh my God! You fell for that. He actually thinks he's going to be in charge of the show. I'm going to let him do the show for two weeks. Never going to happen, Gavin. Never going to happen. You're going to have a better chance of dating Tiffany Trump. (laughs) No, no, we're going to run best ofs from the earliest days, re-edited and with new drops. And, you know, we're going to make them better. When we come back, we hope to debut our new format when we shift to the actual What the Hell podcast talking about things in addition to politics. We plan on doing interviews and having guests in and discussing the issues of the day, or if nothing else, why first edition Dungeons & Dragons will always be superior to all the other editions. Whatevs. If you have ideas or want to appear on the show, email us at whatthehellpodcast at gmail.com or call our listener line at 347-687-9601 and leave us a message and we'll play it on the show. If you think your voice sounds funny and you don't want to hear it on a podcast, and trust me, it does, just don't leave us a review wherever you get your podcasts. It helps other people find the show and feel bad about the sound of their voices. Follow us on the Twitters at the Hell underscore podcast or the show name on Facebook. All of the shows are the show name on SoundCloud and at www.whatthehellpodcast.com. For me, Dave Bledsoe, there were never going to be any shows with producer Gavin in charge and all the other fictional people on this show. We want to say, well, you're off to have your fun. And another ending's just begun. And the wreckage I see really don't bother me. I guess I'll have myself a ball watching it all crumble and fall. And this fire just will rise. It ain't no big surprise. You're really fucked, y'all. It's just the way things are. I've known all along, you know, some dumpsters burn, even when an election lasts this long, and who laughs last will last longest, you see, so when campaign's at its end, and you can't even pretend you're burning one down for me. We'll see you all, well, I was going to say next week, but honestly, it's probably going to be myself I'm sure as if I give a damn that's just the way I am so
Seltzer Kings Podcasts.